an impact. You are dismissed. That's fifth, sixth, and seventh graders. You guys are dismissed. All right. So last week we had a little treat. Did you guys enjoy Pastor Joshua Vanderclock out here? I mean, great, great word. Seriously. Great, great word. You know, actually a good friend of ours. And uh, I'm just glad that you guys had uh, just a, a little bit of time just to hear him out and, and what, how he operates. It's like I said, he's like this like a little flash drive deal type of person. He just certs it in me and I just get this knowledge. because He's a very intelligent guy. But last week he was talking about the believer's authority. You guys remember that? He was talking about how, we're, how there are different points of, of how we ask God and asking of maybe like a, a demand like versus a, uh, an asking of maybe pleading. And like he, I love how he illustrated with the bank. And he was saying, you know, you go to the bank and you say, can I please withdraw $100? Now, how funny would it be if they said, no, you can't? <laughs> you asked them, but it was more of the demand behind it because you know you own it. And it's yours, and your expectation is that return. And in a sense, we need to continue to do that. And I love how he just continued to speak on the, just the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. That we don't go on our name or other people's names. We go in Jesus' name. Everyone say, in Jesus' name. And so today, I kind of wanted to piggyback that. Not a part two, not a series, but just to continue to give you guys a little bit more of insight about this a believer's authority. Reality is this. For us to continue to walk a journey with Jesus requires the Holy Spirit. Requires the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit is because I believe a lot of times it's not as acknowledged the way it's supposed to be. Now, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we really don't operate the way God wants us to operate in the Holy Spirit. You guys know what I'm talking about? And so I asked God today... Or throughout the week and this morning, I said, Lord, if, if it's your spirit that continues to keep us going, then show us some new things today. And I love what he said. One of the first things he told me was this, that our power really comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, for a car to be fueled, for a car to hit the, ru- the rubber hit the road requires gasoline. Correct? And it's not the fact that gas is the, is, is the actual, like, source to get it going. Obviously, there's a lot of operations happening. But with God, he says, with the power of the Holy Spirit and my church, we can do a lot more for the kingdom. You know, Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, I love what he said. He said this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jesus acknowledged right here that we receive power from the what? The Holy Spirit. You see this as well too. The next chapter, you'll see where Peter, one of the disciples who's denied, who denied Jesus three times, Peter, the one that just could not say, I, I, I was with Jesus, be used by the Holy Spirit and get 3,000 people saved. That's Acts chapter 2. He gets 3,000 people saved. But here's the thing. I want us to have an understanding of this, that the Holy Spirit is not a thing. Hear me out. It's not an object and it's not a metaphor. You guys know where I'm going with this? The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person that's intimate with us the moment we come to Jesus Christ. 
John 14 says this, if you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments and I will pray that the Father, that he will give you another helper. The helper is Holy Spirit, okay? That he, capital H, may abide with you forever. That the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, capital H, nor knows him, capital H, that's the Holy Spirit we're talking about, but you know him, capital H, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Have you ever helped somebody in life before? I mean, I had this, want, this like, oh, man, the season of just winter. Now, I love winter. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, for like the first 10 years of me finally enjoying winter as an adult, right in front of my house, or maybe I was in an apartment at the time, right in front of my apartment, somebody will be stuck in the snow, or on ice. And so I'd have to put my boots on, go outside, and help them out. And then every single time, you could talk to my wife about it, every single time I made the effort. I remember there was one winter, like 10 people were stuck in front of my house. Don't laugh about that. No, it's lame. <laughs> like 10 people were stuck. And I, I think at the eighth person, I'm like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I know I like winter, but man, but I just decided I'm just going to keep going no matter what. I'm going to keep helping no matter what. And I knew God wanted me to help them. I know it was simply just putting my boots on and pushing. I think I got to the point where I stopped putting the snow pants on. I just left my shorts on. I'm like, I'm just going to go out there. I'm just going to give it a quick push. The other day, the other day, like two weeks ago, we're at McDonald's drive-thru, right? Because 20, 21 days of prayer and fast is over. And so where do you go? Mickey D's? No, I'm just joking. We ended up going, and we got stuck in the drive-thru. And there is traffic behind. You know how it has a double lane? They're packed. And I'm like, my wheels are just squealing. What do I have to do? I told my wife, get in the the drive seat. I'll push us out. And I did. I pushed us out. And the reason why I bring those stories up is because for me to be a help, for you to be a help, you have to be present at arm's reach. And that's who the Holy Spirit is to us. He is always present and at arm's reach. But when we don't look at him as a person, we think of it as more of a metaphor or maybe we see this little mystical thing happening right before us, we miss the whole identity of who the Holy Spirit is. And so we believe in the Holy Spirit, but we don't treat him like a person. When in reality, Jesus had told us that he, the Holy Spirit, is our helper. You see, when you look at the Old Testament, It's the Holy Spirit, the helper, that really got these great Bible characters in the Old Testament to do mighty things or to get to the other side or teach us something through through God's word. I mean, you think about Samson for a minute. For Samson to do mighty acts physically, and if you don't know who Samson is, one of God's strongest warriors. For, for, For him to do something mighty, he needed the help of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that when he did mighty acts, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. You see, when the Spirit of the Lord wasn't upon him, he's probably just a, a beefy dude, just can bench press a lot. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, he brought the roof down, right? He was able just to do mighty things. And you look at Moses, who performed a lot of miracles, who really was a foreshadow of Christ and saved a lot of slaves and had them free. He split the Red Sea. But for him to do a miracle, he needed the help of The Holy Spirit. I mean, Solomon, David's son, King David's son, the wisest man of all history. God actually asked him, hey, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? Anything, and I'll I'll grant it to you right now. 
And he says, Lord, I want your wisdom. Who does that? He did. And because of that wisdom and the help of the Holy Spirit, kings and queens were coming to him to seek some wisdom out of him. And guess what? The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, you have that same spirit in you. That spirit that God says, I am close to you and I am for you. That when you think it's impossible, I can make it possible. Maybe we will never face a sea and let it split. Maybe we won't grab a couple of pillars and push it down. Maybe we won't do that. But maybe there is an obstacle you are facing in life and you feel like you're hopeless. But the reality is you have everything you need with the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says this, And you always were included in Christ, Paul says, when you heard the message of the truth. And the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now check this next verse out, the next word. Who, everyone say who, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions. All praise to God in his glory. That word who just showed us that the Holy Spirit is a person. And say it. It didn't say, no, I didn't say say it. It, I said it didn't say it. (laughs) It didn't say it. It didn't say thing. It didn't say it was an object. He said, who is your guaranteed deposit to lead you to our truth? You know, when we acknowledge the Holy Spirit as now a person, we get to operate through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets to operate through us the way he wants us to. You know, again, I'm not acknowledging, and hear hear me out, I'm not saying that we don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit. We do, but we need to learn as a church to be operating through the Holy Spirit on earth. When Jesus was walking the earth, I'm going to take this for a second. When Jesus was walking the earth, and he had the 12 disciples with him, and the 12 ended up turning to a multitude of people. 12 turned to 73, 73 turned, turned to thousands and thousands. And guess what? It's still going right now. But when, when, when Jesus physically walked this earth, and was with the 12 disciples, doing life with them. There are many, many opportunities and many times where he was teaching these men and how to live. He was reminding them. And I love it because there's this one disciple that says, God or Christ, I will go with you wherever. I will die with you even if I have to die with you. And I love how Jesus just gently rebukes that and says, you don't even know what you're talking about. There got to a point in a conversation with two brothers who were disciples. And as they're talking with each other, they're talking about who's going to be greater in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus kind of teaches them, gives them another teachable moment. So what I'm saying is Jesus was always there walking things out with them. But then the death, the burial, and then the resurrection happens. And Jesus tells his disciples, hey, wait here until I bring the promise, the helper of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know for a moment those disciples, I know if I was in their shoes, I'd kind of panic a little bit. Wait, wait, Jesus, where are you going? What's happening here? I need you right now because you could continue to show me what to do on earth. And we have to remember what he said. He says, I'm gone. I'm going to be on the right hand of my father. But wait for the promised Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to remind you my teachings. The Holy Spirit is going to show you truth. The Holy Spirit is going to help you. And guess what? With the power of the Holy Spirit, you are going to do more miracles than I did is what Jesus said. You guys hearing me today? He says, you are going to do more miracles than what I did here. 
in my name. And so what Jesus was saying is this. There's an operation that needs to happen within you so you can operate the way uh, you need to do here on earth. You need to represent the kingdom of God. You need to represent all Christianity and let them know that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you can't do it by not operating through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you would do great on your own, but you would do better with my spirit. See, because you get wearisome. Your strength wears out. You get tired. But my spirit, my strength, who I am, never wears out. And if we operate in that, when those times where you feel like, I just can't do this, it just seems impossible, we do it. You know, I, I had, did this kids camp a few years ago, and it might be a childish illustration, but it just hit me, so I'm going to tell you anyways. I had a, a, a helicopter. A, it's a, like a battery-operated op- helicopter. It flew in the air, did all this cool stuff. Right? It was before the uh, drones were out, right? They were called drones. So nothing, and now we see drones is not a big deal. But before that, anything that flew in the sky, we thought it was pretty cool. And so I had this toy helicopter. And as I was showing these kids how cool this helicopter was, I asked them, what will make it better? And you know what they said? If it really flew, if it would really fly. Who was at that kids camp by, the, by chance? Oh, they're all in res kids. Never mind. They were all there. And so I asked them, what will make it better? And they said, if it really flies. So I put batteries in it, and it required the batteries for it to make it to fly, and it did. Now, I share that because a lot of times we can do great things. You're cool on your own, but you can go farther, higher, and faster in the name of Christ when the, when the spiritual batteries are in you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Church, this is what I'm saying. We're here on Sunday right now, but then there's Monday and all the way through Saturday, And God wants you to continue to operate in his spirit and in his truth so you can continue the great mission that he has for your life. And so those moments you feel like, well, man, this job, I don't know, or or, or, I don't want to go to that family reunion because I I just don't want to be my, I want to be holy and I don't want to put myself around that. You're missing the whole point. Because holiness is not separating yourself from that, but it's being an example and an influence and allowing the spirit of God to work through you. Because maybe those people don't know Jesus, and the only Jesus they're ever going to see is in you. Did you know my biggest ministry? And hear me out, okay? You know I love you guys, right? Everyone know that. Everyone just say yes. Make me feel better, okay? You know I love you, right? But here really is not the biggest ministry that God's ever given me. It was really in a factory, in a place where it was dark. Because when I walk in here, it's light everywhere. And I mean that by you guys, right? That I know you're the church, and I know that you guys are supporting, and we're doing things together. But there was a season in my life where I was, I was just working in a factory, and I felt like I was alone. That I had nobody that could identify or relate to. But God had shown me, I need you here. And I said, well, I want to quit. But he says, if you quit, then I can't work. And because I allowed him to do that, I said, it's going to require your power, your strength for me to wake up that early to just clock in and just be an example. And he did. And let me tell you something. I worked 50 plus hours, probably even more. I mean, if you, if you saw me, I was constantly yawning and I was tired. But I knew God had called me for that season. And because of it, there were people that came to Jesus that are here in this church today that came to Jesus, and their families are here. They're doing godly things. They're bringing the gospel to their areas in life. But for me to do that required the power of the Holy Spirit. I had to operate in it. I can't just believe in it. I had to allow God to operate in me. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into his truth 
people. Allow him to lead you in every decision that you make, every step that you take, because we need to allow the Holy Spirit to dominate our lives. Now, here's the thing. We are a three-part being. I've said this before. We are a three-part being. We are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. I'll say that again. We, have, we are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And a lot of times the spirit and the soul get confused and we think it's the same thing, but it's not. The spirit is what's within us, the real us. And the moment we say yes to Jesus, his Holy Spirit becomes one with our spirit. And now we're 100% activated in there. And by the way, that spirit is 100% God. So one third of you is already all God, which is really cool. If you think you don't got it, it's there. But then you have your soul, which is your thoughts, your emotions, your will, your intellect. And that, that, that soul is always on a neutral stance. It's influenced easily. And then you got your body, your flesh, this thing, that one day it's going to depart from earth. This won't last forever. And we, on a constant basis, have to put this thing in the check. And so the thing is this. We have to allow the Spirit of God to dominate by us just simply leading and listening to the Holy Spirit. Because when we do so, our soul starts going to the spiritual side. Here's the thing. We think for us to be right with God, we need to get rid of all these stuff off of us. We think we need to, you know, the bad habits and all that. And by the way, that's good. But here's the thing. God wants you to come the way you are. So he can do that. And so when we allow the Spirit to dominate, the Holy Spirit to dominate our lives, our soul comes one side. So when we face a hard decision, whether I should do this or not, we know what's right and wrong. But when we face a hard decision, our spirit man inside us will dominate and not what we just feel. But we're going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to simply just follow what you want me to do. And there's always great reward behind it. Here's the thing. The question we need to ask is what happens when we operate, when you operate in the spirit? And I'm going to give you five quick things, and we'll close it up. And this is the first one. What happens when you operate in the spirit is this. God's work begins. God's work begins in you and through you. Philippians 2.13 says this, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I'll say that again. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I've had many conversations where people say, I can't really submit everything to God because I feel like he's going to call me overseas and I'm going to be a missionary. And I don't want to be a missionary. You guys know anybody like that? Or maybe I don't want to, I don't know if I should solely get in because what if we have to move and we're so comfortable? I see a lot of heads nodding right now. What if we're so comfortable? I really hope God's talking to you guys right now. Because here's the deal. God doesn't work that way. He says, I give you the desire. My desires become your desire the moment you allow me to operate in you. I'll give you a story. Three years ago, I had this scary, scary, scary thing that come to my mind. And that scary thought was this. What if I led a church one day? What if I led a church one day? You can laugh. That's fine. What if I led a church one day? At the moment, I wasn't ready. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant, but what God was doing is he was working and he was operating in me and he wanted to work through me. And it wasn't a coincidence that God put that in me because he knew the future of today and said, you will one day. But if I would have said no to it and not allow it to happen, I would have never been in a position where God can use me as a blessing to other people. 
and you guys. And the thing is, he wants that to continue to mimic. And let me tell you something. At the time when that thought came to me, it wasn't a desire. But a year later, it became a desire. A year later, it became a desire because I'm like, man, how cool would it be, Madi, if we could go and just start leading people? Not knowing this position would ever happen, but it came in my heart. And so we started just planning things out. We were jotting things on our paper in a, in a notebook that when we pray, we always jot these things down. And one of the things we said was, man, there's two eternal things on earth and the rest is temporal. And that's people in Jesus. And our mission is to bridge that gap and bring them together. We had this whole thing mapped out before we even knew we were going to be here because God put a desire in my heart to lead one day. Now, I would have never have guessed it would have been my own home church. I would have never had guessed that because I had told God this. I, by the way, I love Michigan. I mean, we get four seasons. I know right now you're not liking this season, but we get four seasons. Life is issue. We've got a beautiful lake, right, that's practically an ocean, that's fresh water, no sharks. Come on, right? You got none of that stuff there. Clean sand. I mean, you can go, you can go up north. I mean, my, my wife and I, we went to Petoskey last summer. Man, I, it, it was like, it was just a paradise. I had no idea how beautiful it was and inexpensive it is. It was just amazing because we have such a beautiful state. But I told God, I'm willing to let it go and go wherever you want me to go. Now, can I bring a recommendation is what I told him. We do that sometimes when we, we limit God and his power. But I really told God this. I said, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And if you tell me to go somewhere else, I will go. You're just going to have to make it happen. And because of my obedience to so just yield to him, God called me into this position here. And I thank God that I have the desire now to continue to lead people. God, when you allow the uh, Holy Spirit to operate through you, God's work begins in you and through you. Don't count yourself out. Don't feel like you can't do it because on your own strength, you can't do it. But his power, you can do it. You go back to Peter and walking on water. On his own strength, he can't do it. But in the name of Christ and his strength, he can do it. Do it. Say, I can do it. Number two, what happens when you operate in the spirit is this, that growth happens. It happens in your life. Fruit produces in your life. Galatians 5.22 says this, but the Holy Spirit, everyone say Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And self-control, there is no law against these things. Let me remind you that this is not the fruits of the Spirit. That this isn't, you get one of them, but not the other. Sometimes we treat it that way. We think, well, I'm good at, I'm good at being faithful and good and being kind, but, man, my self-control, i got to work on. I'm guilty of that sometimes. But we need to remember this. That God says the fruit, that is one fruit. You got the whole package here. That the fruit of the spirit is all of it. Now in the natural, you don't have self-control. But in the supernatural, you do have self-control. In the spirit, you do have self-control. Do you remember we talked about introverts and extroverts earlier? Did you know I'm an introvert when I'm just on my own strength? I'm like, man, I'm going to put my head down, not talk. When you guys sing happy birthday to me, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I'm an introvert. Like, all eyes are on me for a second. But the moment I let God operate, I become an extrovert in my life. Because it is his fruit that is producing out of me. So I have self-control. I have faithfulness. I, I mean, I'm always going to be dead on on it. 
But when I don't allow the Spirit to, to operate through me, when I just want to just be, do whatever Jesse wants to do, I miss it a lot. I miss it a lot. And a lot of times when we have those moments, we try to fix ourselves. I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I'll fix it again. I'll do better. I'll do better. And then we just fall right back into that cycle. And here's the, here's the whole purpose of what we need to do. We actually have to let the Spirit of God do it through us. And so when you allow him to operate, understand that growth happens. And then that desire, that habit that it used to be you, it just melts away. And it's no longer you anymore. The Spirit becomes more dominant in your life. Number three, when we allow the Holy Spirit to operate through us, number three says revelation comes becomes more common. And what I mean is this, his knowledge and his insight. You start seeing things in a different way, life in a different way. Who remembers when you first said yes to Jesus? Make some noise. Oh, there's more than that. Who remembers? Or was it that long ago? <laughs> Who remembers when you first came to Jesus? Man, over about 13 years ago, you know, going on 13 years ago, I remember that first time when I got news about who Jesus was in my life. Now, I always believed in Jesus, by the way. I always believed in Jesus. I always knew that there was a God. I always understood the Holy Spirit is here on earth. I knew that even as a kid. I learned that in Sunday school. I learned that growing up. Even when I didn't want to live for Jesus, I knew that stuff already. But when I got a hold of Jesus and there was, and I said yes to him, knowledge of who he really was came to me. An insight of he's a father and not, a, not just a God that wants to just strike me down every time I mess up came to me. And because of that knowledge, growth started happening in my life. Revelation, and that just means he's revealing himself to you more, has, was ha happening on a daily basis to the point where it was making me so excited, I was not ashamed to talk to you about Jesus. And I still am not. Because I'm operating through the Spirit. And when we operate through that, those little obstacles that we think, should I talk, should I not say, well, what do they think, goes away. Because you want, to, you want people to catch what you have. 1 Corinthians 2.10, Paul says this. These are the things God has revealed to us in his Spirit. That the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The reason why I, I read that is because a lot of times people believe that God is a mysterious God and works in mysterious ways. No, he's not. For people that, that don't know him, they feel that. But reality is God is a God that shows himself to you and, and reveals himself to you and wants you to know his plans for your life and the plans for the kingdom of God. He's not a mysterious God. And if you ever heard someone say, well, God's a mysterious God and he works in a mysterious way, help them out then and reveal who, real, who God really is through his son, Jesus Christ. Give them that opportunity to do so. Don't just agree with them. So, yep, yep, yep. Tell them that Jesus wants them and wants their heart if you would just lead that path. And guess what you're doing? You're allowing the spirit to operate and dominate you. Because I know there are uncomfortable moments. I've had many of those. But when you let the Spirit operate through you and you say, you know what, I'm going to just show them and teach them something and trust that God will do the rest, miracles happen. Things happen in their life and in your life. And by the way, if you've ever led anybody to Jesus, it's not about what you did. But when you allow God to work through you, how awesome is that in your life? How big of a blessing is it in your life when you said, wow, 
They were destined one way, and God, you came and used me so they can go the other way. You have that same power. Your prayers are heard by God when you have the Spirit of God in you. He hears you, but he knows what's best for you. God is not a mysterious God. He's a God that wants to reveal. Paul just said it. God has revealed to us. By his spirit, he's revealed. He's a revealer. He's taking the veil away from your face so you can see him. You can see him for what he really is and who he is. Number four, when we allow God to operate through us, the impossible becomes possible in our lives. Jesus said it best in Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. Not only that, Jesus demonstrated it all to us. He demonstrated while he walked this earth and who he was. He brought the disciples with him. He showed them the mysteries of heaven. And he says, look, I'm here to save and to reveal to you the truth. It's not about getting what we want. It's not about getting uh, what we feel like we, we need to have. It's about living the way he wants us to live. You see, the impossible becoming possible says, God is saying, I will make your way straight. And when you think you can't do it, I'll make sure you can do it in me and in my spirit. And I'll close it with this last one. We see the operation of the Holy Spirit when we allow him to operate through us. What we see is God's work coming to a finish as well. That we're getting closer to that grand prize. Philippians 1.6 says this. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He started in you. He's not finished in you. See, sometimes we might have I quit moments, but God has never stopped working in you. And he thinks you're, he, he, he knows you're precious to him. Maybe we gave up in ourselves. Maybe we felt like, well, we're just not worthy enough or we can't do it. But God is saying this, I will finish what I started in you if you allow me to. And this is what we need to do. Allow him to do it. It's not about being perfect. It's not about always getting it. It's about allowing him to work in you. Yeah, we all have flaws. But if you want to overcome these flaws, if you want to, and maybe there's an addiction and you want to get out of this addiction, allow the Spirit of God to operate through you. Church, it's time to come up and say, yes, I will let you work in my life so I can continue to be a blessing in others' lives. But it starts with you. Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head. Just a few minutes, we just talked.